We are continuing our message series in 1 John this morning. Um, in 1957, there's a, there's a story about Dr. Martin Luther King. He, he was to give a speech at a school in Tennessee and um, to some civil rights workers and some students there. And before he got up to speak, a folk singer named Pete Seeger got up and sang a little song that not many people were familiar with back in 1957. And he just picked his little banjo and sang these words over the crowd. And it was, we shall overcome. We shall overcome. We shall overcome someday. He sang that song and then... Dr. King gave his message, and then in the car on the way back to the airport, it's reported that Dr. King was humming that song and said, there's something about that song. There's something about it. And um, that song went on to become kind of the anthem of the civil rights movement in a lot of ways, not only here, but it was adopted all around the world. Um, uh, by protesters and those that were protesting um, you know, civil rights violations and the call for justice, the call uh, for liberty, the call for freedom around the world. And, and that something that Dr. King was talking about, that something that was resonating with him in that moment, in that period of time, part of it was what was going on in the world, what was going on in our culture, in, in our nation. But also there's something deep down in all of us that knows that we want freedom. We want liberty. There's a yearning. Um, there's a deep cry in our hearts to be liberated, to not be oppressed. We know that that's wrong and we all fight against it in our own personal lives as well. And we know that's something about it we shall overcome is that hope that one day maybe we will get to that place where, where we'll be free and we'll be living in victory. And so the passage that we're going to look at this morning, like I said, we're continuing living in the light from 1 John. And um, we come to the passage of scripture this morning in 1 John chapter 5, in which the apostle John, the disciple John, is talking about um, that very thing to overcome, to live in such a way that is a, a life of victory and to walk in that. So I pray you'll be encouraged by John's words here this morning. So I'm going to begin reading in verse 1 um, of John, 1 John chapter 5, and the, the text will be on the screen or if you have something to read it from, go for it. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, 
And these three agree. Verse 9, if we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne becoming his son. Concerning his son, sorry. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. And finally, in verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit communicating your word to our hearts. May we listen. May we listen uh, this morning expecting you to speak to us personally because you are through your spirit, through your word, speaking to each one of us. May we not miss it and may we be doers and not hearers only. In Jesus' name, amen. So the title of today's message is Overcomers. And I'm really, I'm really not sure that's a word but it is this morning. (laughs) Every time I put it in my notes, a little red line comes under it, like, you know, grammar, whatever that grammar website is would probably tell me that's not a word, but uh, it is this morning. Overcomers, right? John uses this phrase in uh, verses four and five, three times uh, to overcome and the word victory there. In verse four, he says, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God? So this message of overcoming, this message of good news. And it's, it's interesting because John, throughout this book, um, and Paul is a lot like that as well. There will be moments of great challenge and what's the matter with you people, and then words of great encouragement, take joy, take heart. This morning, it's take heart, take joy. Um, What does he mean to overcome the world? What does that mean here in this passage? Well, number one, we have to recognize, and we talked about this last week a little bit, that we're in a battle, right? We're in a battle every day. You and myself, every other human being, the attacks of Satan on our hearts, on our flesh, on our minds, We talked about our own attacks on ourselves. Our own hearts attack us at times. Guilt and shame and our sin, the sin of the flesh, attacks us. And a fallen and broken world all around us. It's a difficult place. The word here for overcome is the root word in the original language, nika, which is where we get the word nike from. And so that word translated is Swoosh. No, I'm just kidding. It is that word, Nike. (laughs) That's not the word translated. That word means to conquer or to get victory. So now you see where they thought that would be a good idea for an athletic shoe. To conquer or to get victory, that's what this word means. So to overcome the world is to live in victory, right? It's to walk in victory over the destructive power of the world around me and within me, my flesh, my temptation, the temptation and sin in my life. Um, So this battle is raging. We are all in this fight and it can be tired. I don't know about you this morning, but I have to wrestle with tiredness uh, often. 
Sometimes I feel beat up going through this world. One of my favorite things to do is plan vacations. It's not even the actual vacation. I just love sitting down and planning out what we're going to do, where we're going to go, because it just takes me away from the immediate struggles, right? It takes me away from my immediate stress. It it extends the vacation a little bit into my planning time. Um, And see, this is the thing, though. Christ has called us to walk and find victory every day, not in my vacations, not in any other uh, temporary satisfaction, but in Jesus Christ, to walk with him day in and day out. And when I find myself overwhelmed, what it means is oftentimes I am not looking to Christ. So we all have this struggle. We're all breathing the same smoke this past week, right? And as Christians, we have a particular promise for difficulty. Yay. They crucified Jesus, right? Most of the disciples were martyred or killed. And Jesus said, To you and to me, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have tribulation. John 16, 33 says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. There's that word again. And Christian, it's a powerful testimony to your your faith and to mine when um, we walk side by side with a lost world with lost neighbors and co-workers and friends and family members. And we struggle. We go through the pain and suffering and struggle of this world that we, we all walk through. Many Christians think, you know, it's, I just want to put on a happy face and act like you come to Jesus and everything's fine. But the powerful testimony is that we walk through the storms with our neighbors, but they see a peace. They see a difference overcoming Jesus never promised to take us out of the storms, right? He's never promised to take us out of the struggle. What overcoming means is to have victory even in the struggle, in the midst of it. And so we've been given the power and the promise to walk through this pain with peace, through tears, through trials, with hope. Not buried, not crushed, not overcome. So John's message here is that very promise, living life in victory, overcoming the attacks from the world and from within me. So how? And if you're a Christian, let me encourage you, don't check out. This is not just about, um, this is not, you may say, well, I've heard about Jesus. I got, no, no, no. This, this is for every day. This is for you and me as believers. This, this is for you if you've never put your faith in Christ. It's for all of us this morning. And so John is talking about this daily, moment by moment. And the way we live in victory, the way we live as overcomers, first of all, is to live by faith. Belief. In verse 4, he says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? See, there is a clear dividing line between the life of victory and overcoming and the life of defeat. He puts it right here in this passage. It's not overly complicated. You don't have to go on a long search for self-discovery, right? Or, or read a bunch of self-help books. John says it right here. Life in victory means faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Back in verse 1 and 2, he says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. 
everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ. So the question this morning is, do you believe? I think I shared with you not too long ago, someone told me, you know, they believe God is an ocean and all the beliefs and religions are rivers and they all lead to the same God. No, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is Savior, the one and only way and truth and life. And Christian, if that makes you feel uncomfortable, do you believe? Do you believe he's one of many ways? Years ago, we had, a, um, we had this uh, expert come to our church and tell us basically what's wrong with us. Um, what could we do better? And he took some surveys and it was like, it was crazy that like, I forget what the actual number was, but it was more than 50% of the people that took these surveys in our church that said they were members of our church believed there was another way. Jesus was not the only way. What? That's not what Jesus said. Belief that Jesus is the Son of God. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. That's what he says. Have you placed your faith in him alone to save you this morning? Have you, do you rest in that? Because if you don't, listen, with all the stuff that comes, with all the attacks of the world and all the headlines and all the, the social media stuff, it, it, it'd be easy to kind of shift our faith. And, you know, we get into this process where, like, I don't even know what I believe or if I believe anymore. You have to, we have to settle that in our hearts. That's the way to live in victory. That's why Jesus came, so that we wouldn't be struggling with, like, I don't know if this is, no, that we may know that we have eternal life. We know that Jesus has been born, is from God. And his Savior, um, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes. To have life, victory is to believe. And so what does that mean to live in victory? Let's take a brief glance at that. First of all, it means victory over my sin. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 um, says this, for our sake, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Listen, that is, that should be a celebration this morning for all of us. He has paid for your sin as a believer. If you put your faith in Christ as savior, he has wiped the slate clean. You are justified before a holy God. Yes, we're in struggle in this fallen world, but you your account is settled before God, and he gives peace with God. We're searching for peace in so many different ways, but listen, peace with God is critical. It's the only way to have peace in this world or with one another in my life is to have, first of all, peace with God. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. I have peace with God. I can live in victory. Listen, when my wife and I, Tony and I, when we get in a fight or if she's mad at me, it ruins my whole day. Like if I leave the house in the morning and we get into something and I'm not sure, I, it ruins, it affects everything. But when we have peace, when everything's right, ah, it makes the rest of the day go right. And listen, in this life, if you're here this morning and you don't have peace with God through Jesus Christ, there is this conflict. There is this there is this defeat that you're walking with and carrying yourself. But Christian, in Christ, you have victory. For eternity, your account is settled. Thank God. Praise God. 
It frees me. He frees me from my sin, from living in the patterns of self-destruction. Sin destroys. It gives me victory over temptation. Not only a way of escape, but I'm empowered because of what Jesus did on the cross to say no to sin. And so victory, to live in victory is to live in victory over my sin through Christ. It's also victory over shame and condemnation, which my heart wants to pile on myself oftentimes, which others want to pile on me oftentimes. Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, not before God, not before man, not before my own heart. He has freed me from condemnation, from that shame Listen, Christian, you can, you can give up trying to defend yourself to God and to others this morning. He has freed you from that. We don't have to walk in shame. I had a friend ask me one time, how do you deal with the shame? I said, Jesus dealt with that. Jesus deals with it. And when it creeps up on me, I, I give it back to Jesus. He has taken my shame. He has taken my guilt I had a friend this past week tell me a story of a bad breakup that he had with his girlfriend. He said after his breakup, the, the father of the girl that he broke up with sent a text message to him and his own father in a group and said, hey, nice to know you. Why don't you tell your dad about all and gave a list of terrible things that her dad claims he did, but he wanted to make a text where this guy's father and him were both in the text. So it would cause a rift between them and cause shame. And what he told me, and this is overwhelming because this is what Christ has done. He said, as soon as he got that text, his phone rang and it was his father saying, I got you. I'm not worried about that. All is forgiven. I'm glad you're home. I'm glad you're, we're reconciled. I'm glad you're restored. That's not going to come between you and me. That's what Jesus did with our shame and our condemnation. It's good news this morning. He did all the defending on the cross. Victory, living in victory also means I live in victory over the attacks of hopelessness and despondency that are constantly attacking our flesh. A few verses here, 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Proverbs 18, 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Romans 5, 3 through 5. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. Character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We have confidence in Christ. And so there's no need to be ashamed. Come to him. Cast it on him. We also live in victory over attacks on your joy. That's a, that's a real thing in the world. Others want to attack us. You ever heard the, the saying, misery loves company, right? There's an attack on our joy every day. 1 Peter 1.8 says, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Through Jesus Christ, by putting your faith in Christ, by living by faith in him, he puts joy into my heart. 
And finally, and there's much more, but finally, we'll talk about victory over the fear of death. There's no more fear over death. We can walk in victory from that. 1 Corinthians 15, 55. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have victory as Christians. We should walk in joy. We should walk in confidence. And we should press into those promises. We should press into being reminded of these things. And so I said there was a dividing line. There's living in uh, belief, which is victory. There's also living in defeat, which is unbelief, is what he says. Rejecting Jesus as the Christ, as my Savior. Verse 10, whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. He's saying when we believe what God has said, when we believe how God has revealed himself to us through his son, he's demonstrated his love for us, then we have life, we have victory. But when we reject Christ, when we call God a liar, then we live in defeat. What does John mean here by belief? Literally, this word means to have faith, to have faith. Because there's a difference between just a mental assent to who Jesus is and, and what he's done and to rely upon and rest in Jesus as my Savior to save me from my sin, to make my relationship restored to the Father. It's, it's the difference in intellectual understanding and placing my faith, my trust, putting my life in his hands. So John says there are two types of people, those who have in regards to faith, those who have put their faith in Jesus for life and eternity, and you can live in victory, and those who have put their faith in themselves and in something other than God's promise. And here's the thing. Not believing, not believing is the sin that separates us from God. That is what every human has to wrestle with. Every other sin is a result of that sin. And God takes that personally. When someone asks me, that's not a believer, they say, oh, you, you think that um, you believe because I'm this or I'm that or whatever that I'm going to go to hell, right? I say, no. What separates a man or woman from God today and for eternity is in verse 10. Because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his son. So when the world is around you, out there trying to get you to argue about something else, this is what it comes down to is, am I on the throne of my life or is Christ on the throne of my life? In Romans chapter 1, there's just a lot to dig into there. But in verse 28, it says, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up. And then there's a whole list of things. There's a whole list of things. But you see the progression? Since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, then, therefore, God gave them up. He said, that's what you want? Have what you want. That word given up means literally surrendered or yielded to. And Genesis 6.3 says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever. 
when we say, I do not believe, I reject you, God, there's, there, is, there is a truth in there that God says, then, then live, have what you desire. Pay for it yourself. That's what we're choosing to do, to try and fight for victory in my own life apart from him. It's not about what you've done. It's about who you are, and we can only be changed at the core of who we are through Christ Jesus, putting our faith in him. But by rejecting Christ, we choose to live overwhelmed by the wind and the waves and the struggle that are in this life, hoping that things might go my way, things will eventually get better so I can finally be happy, struggling with my identity and my meaning, loneliness, longing to be loved, desperate to be loved. And then finally, when it comes to death, maybe, maybe it'll all work out. Maybe everything gets swept under the rug. Maybe God is like us and not really a holy, righteous, and just God. Listen, that's a, that's a terrible way to live. And it's not in victory. So to live in victory, to overcome the world, is to live by faith, right? But the other aspect of this, Christian, this morning, is... To live in victory, to live as an overcomer, is to be led by the Spirit. Verse 10, whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. You have the testimony in Christ Jesus, and you have the Holy Spirit living within you, testifying, testifying, convincing, encouraging, guiding. When we put our faith in Christ, we've been given a gift. So it's about living by faith, and that's every day. That's coming to Jesus for salvation, first and foremost, saying, God, I can't pay for my own sin. But it's also, believer, it's about every day living my life in faith, trusting in his plan for me, trusting that he sees me, that he cares for me, having joy in the fact that I am a child of God and I'm redeemed, and one day I will stand before him face to face and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. That's, that's, it's about living my life in that faith. It's not about saying a prayer and walking through a door and walking an aisle or any of those things by themselves. It's putting my faith in that. It's also about trusting the Holy Spirit and, and being sensitive to his presence leading me every day. To live in victory is that. There's a lot of believers today who will, will call themselves believers, but they, they, they said a prayer years and years ago, but their lives are really not under the control of the Holy Spirit. They've, they've held on. And so the same, the same uh, not only the same struggles as our neighbors, but the same reaction. The same, we run to the same places for, for refreshment and for salvation. And there's no hope. There is no salvation apart from Christ. And the Holy Spirit does and speaks in our lives. Let me encourage you this morning, believer. The Holy Spirit speaks and does in our lives. So what is he doing? What is he saying? First of all, he's producing fruit. The Holy Spirit produces fruit in your life and in my life. He's growing me. He's sanctifying us. We're growing. And this whole book is, is talking about love, right? Our love for one another, our love for the, for the brothers and sisters in Christ. We should be able to know that one, an, one another are in Christ because of the love that we have for one another, because of the long-suffering we have for one another. When the world looks, when the world comes in or someone visits your home or visits our, our gatherings here or whatever, they should see a difference. They should see a love there. The Holy Spirit produces that in us. 
He says, everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him because that is him in us loving. He's overhauling my flesh. Are you growing in your faith? Are you growing in your walk? 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. He is transforming you this morning if you're in Christ. He also convicts of sin. That's part of that transformation. John 16.8, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin. Stop talking about the Holy Spirit. Somebody... I don't know if I should get into this. <laughs> and here's the thing, Christian. We can allow that or we can fight against it. We can quench the spirit. We can grieve the spirit or we can make room for him to speak. In Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul is calling Christians not to live in the way of the world. He says when you are led by your flesh, you become callous and your minds are darkened. He says in verse 20, that is not the way you learn to live in Christ. Put off your old self and put on the new self. The Holy Spirit is working in your life. Are you allowing him to do that? He also testifies to Jesus. He points us to Jesus. Verse 6 in this passage says, and the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is truth. This word testify literally means witness. Sworn testimony of what has been seen and experienced. The Holy Spirit is pointing us to Jesus. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard. John takes a little break in the middle of this passage when he talks about he came by water and blood. Remember, he's talking to Gnostics uh, at this time. Uh, some of them have gotten their way into the church and they don't believe that Jesus was fully man and fully, and fully God. But he's saying, yes, he came both in water and in blood. He was born of a woman, and he also died on the cross, rose from the grave. He is the Savior. So the Spirit teaches us, points us to Jesus, and then finally the Spirit advocates. He's advocating right now. He's speaking to your heart right now. He's giving you confidence in your heart. These words, hopefully from God's Word, are hitting you and, and making sense and saying, yes, that's right, I am in Christ. I do, I do have uh, a peace in Him. The Christian life is a life of companionship. We're not called to walk alone. It's not loneliness. If you're overcome with loneliness today, let me encourage you, press into Jesus first and foremost. He's enough and he will be enough. And he will create seasons where we are physically alone, where we do physically and mentally and emotionally feel alone. And in those moments, at times, he's calling us to come closer to him. He wants us to have more of himself. He wants to be first. And so the Holy Spirit is the manifestation of the voice of Christ in my heart and in my life, right? He's speaking to you. He's speaking to me this morning. And that's the way to live in victory, the way to live this life overcoming the world. It's not about by missing the struggles of the world, but it's about living a life of faith. It's coming to Jesus every day and saying, Lord, you... You direct my steps. You, God, you are king of my life. Any moment now, I could be gone. We could be a vapor in this world, and I could be standing before him face to face. So everything else pales in comparison 
to my walk with him, my relationship with him. So make that a center point of your life and being led by the Spirit. Christian, as we've come to Christ, he's given us his very presence to walk with and to talk with every day. I hear the argument sometimes that there can't be a God because there's so much pain and suffering and evil in the world. And that is true that there is pain and suffering and evil all over the world and it hits everyone. But saying there is no God really is not a logical explanation. There's not a logical outcome of that, right? That doesn't prove there is no God. You, it may make you say, what kind of God? But it doesn't, doesn't say there is no God. And that's, by saying there's no God, it's no comfort. The, the atheist still has to wrestle with pain and suffering and struggle in the world. But when you understand that the existence of suffering and pain and the struggles that we see in the world, we understand that it's not God's doing, number one. It is our own. And the kind of God that we have is this kind, the kind who loves us, who sees us in our pain and our struggle, sees us being overwhelmed, and he saw us and came to this broken world. He submitted himself to the worst of it. He has experienced, Jesus experienced what none of us have experienced on the cross. He endured the cross, the shame, the hate for you and for me. And to show you what kind of God he is, he demonstrated it in that way. And in the demonstration of his love, he offers you and I the power to live in that Victory over this painful, broken, sinful world. Victory over the worst parts of myself and the promise of his presence with me every day. Today, if you've never stepped out in faith, if you've never believed, as he says in this passage, if you've never said, you know what, I believe that Jesus, yes, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sin. I believe that I'm a sinner, but he paid for it on the cross. I put my faith in what he's done. I believe that he rose from the grave on the third day. Today, that is the call to faith to you. That is the call. That's why you're here. That's why the still small voice worked through your circumstances to bring you here this morning. That's first and foremost. You can claim the victory in life, the overcoming power of Christ in this world. And Christian, be encouraged. Verse 13, he wrote at the very End of this passage I read today. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. Beginning today, it's not some pie in the sky somewhere. He says eternal life, abundant life right now. Live in victory. Live overcoming every day. There's a story uh, written about a uh, Japanese lieutenant named Hiru Onoda. He was stationed in Lubang, a tiny island in the Philippines, and during World War II. And within the first few weeks of him arriving there, the war was over. Um, but nobody told him. And he didn't know. And so uh, he stayed on that island for 30 years. And the Japanese government declared him dead in 1959. But in reality, he was alive. And he was committed to his secret mission 
for 30 years that he was given when he was put there on that island. He was convinced the whole time that the war had never ended and he was even fighting on that island. He was even killing on that island. But the war was over. Jesus has won the war, Christian. We don't need to fight the world. We don't need to fight all the attacks of Satan on our own. Press into Jesus. And when we don't live a life of faith, when we don't live a life getting in the Word of God, reminding, being reminded of His promises, when we don't spend time in prayer, it's like we're on that island. We're just fighting this fight on my own. I mean, I have to, I have to guard myself. I'm walking down you know, Columbus Avenue sometimes. I realize I get home and my fists are clenched. What are you doing? Relax. Listen, there's joy in knowing that Jesus has won the war. He's won the victory and he offers it to you today. And so we can live in that freedom. We can live overcoming. You've been liberated. And so place your faith in him every day. Cling to Christ. Cling to his love. Cling to his promises. And stay in it. Run to him. Trust his spirit. And finally... Christian, smile. Smile. You have it all. Live that way. Show the world. Listen, there is so much anger today in the world. Everybody's fighting for their little voice, for their little piece of the pie. Jesus has won it. It doesn't mean that we don't, we don't dream at times. It doesn't mean that we don't pursue goals and all those things. It just means that we do it with a confidence that Jesus has got me. He's got my future. God has not and will not turn his back on you. doesn't matter what you do. That's what it means to trust Jesus as the son of God. You belong to him and he has overcome the world in every way. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for um, the promise this morning that we can live in victory in Jesus Christ. God, you have, um, you have shown us, demonstrated to us your love by pursuing us, by sending your son, by sending Christ, Christ to pay the price on the cross for our sin, pursuing our sin. <clears throat> and God, you won the war for us and you call us to yourself. And if there's one here this morning who's never trusted you as savior they're still on the island trying to fight the battle themselves i pray this morning they would come and say yes i believe yes i rest in trust in jesus as savior and not myself and for those who have done that i pray that today lord you would encourage every one of us to see life through the victorious lens as the children of God, that we can have joy, we can have hope and peace. We don't have to be tossed back and forth. And Lord, yes, we will struggle. We will experience pain and suffering, Lord, but we can have peace in the midst of the storm. We can sing praises with tears streaming down our faces because we know that you hold us in the palm of your hand 
And even though we don't understand every situation, every circumstance in this life, one day we will and we see you face to face. And that day is coming as sure as we're sitting here this morning. So Lord, thank you for the encouragement of your word. Move in us, Lord. Stir in us this morning to obedience, to walk in faith every day and walk being led by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.